Welcome to the Inspired Living with Autoimmunity podcast, the podcast for high achievers who want to stay sharp, focused, and full of energy despite their diagnosis. With your host, National Board Certified Functional Medicine Health Coach, Julie Michelson, where Julie helps you take your power back from autoimmunity. And now here's your host, Julie Michelson. Welcome back to the Inspired Living with Autoimmunity podcast. I'm your host, Julie Michelson, and today we're joined by Dr. Anna Esparham, founder of Health is Powher and Pain-Free Life Academy, and the host of the Health is Powher podcast, which is amazing. Anna is a nationally recognized physician who healed herself from multiple chronic conditions, including autoimmunity and chronic pain. And she now helps others do the same. Today, we're talking about all things fibromyalgia. Anna shares her expertise and understanding of this complex illness, as well as her effective treatment approach that incorporates scientifically founded use of spirituality to heal. This episode is for everyone, whether you have fibromyalgia or not. Anna, welcome to the podcast. I am so excited to be here, Julie. Thank you for having me on the show. Thank you so so much for joining us. We probably could have recorded two episodes already <laughs> with the conversation that we've been having before I hit record. So I'm I already know what goodness the listeners are in for. You you have an incredible story, an incredible journey, and I would love to have you, you know, Introduce yourself to listeners via your journey, and then we'll dig in to the rest of the conversation. Yeah. So yeah, I love the origin story. I love hearing everyone's stories too. I do that on my podcast as well. It's so interesting how we got to where we are today. So, well, I am a medical doctor and so conventional trained, but I really got into more of the integrative and functional and spiritual side because I got so sick, especially the first year of medical school. I I had to repeat a whole bunch of immunizations because I never had chicken pox when I was a kid. And And then I got mono all at the same time. And then something crazy happened where I was so incredibly sick and bedridden that what happened was I developed this severe autoimmune, polyglandular autoimmune disease. And then everything snowballed from there where I developed all these chronic pain syndromes as well. And I was in so much pain, so sick. I was bedridden, trying to get through med school, trying to get through residency. And you know, the conventional medicines, even though steroids, you know, they help me get by. I mean, I could at least not get on disability and go through, you sort know, of yeah. function. <laughs> but sort of, sort of function. And well, that's what led me to, I was like, no way I need to have quality of life. I need to get through, you know, med school and residency. And so that's what led me to Dr. Jeannie Drisco, who was the head of integrative medicine. She actually, not a lot of people know about her. She's a integrative medicine physician that has really led the way and led the field along with all these other people at at the Institute of Functional Medicine and Integrative Medicine, where she created the Integrative Medicine Fellowship. I mean, she's done a ton for the world on integrative cancer therapies. And she got me better through nutritional changes, dietary supplements, IV vitamin C or IV Myers cocktails, because I had... um, 
So she created this integrative medicine fellowship. She really created, you know, the way for integrative cancer therapies across the world and integrative cancer care. And anyway, she started me on, you know, nutritional changes, dietary supplements, IV vitamin C, because my adrenal glands were completely destroyed. I went into menopause, you know, at age like 23 or 24. And so then I started feeling better, but I wasn't completely a lot better. You know, there was so much pain going on and, you know, the conventional system just wasn't helpful at all. And there was a point in the time where I was at an academic medical center where we did have to start getting mandated, you know, immunizations and, and that was fine. And, and I got the first flu vaccine, but then I doubled over and experienced severe pelvic pain where I was puking on the toilet. I mean, I, it was crushing. It was excruciating. It was like, I, I am, have so much of a pain threshold. I went through peritonitis and I was just fine, like at age 14 and which wow. is like an infection of the belly and the pelvis. And cause my appendix burst and I was like living with it for three months. And I was like, totally like not, ha- you know, I was, I was not complaining and wow. that's just me. I just don't complain about pain in any way. I didn't know what was going on and I got treated for this chronic pelvic pain, bladder pain syndrome, interstitial cystitis. And, and for a year, you know, I started getting better. I was better, got the second, you know, immunization. And then all of a sudden I started getting some whole body pain, started getting some anaphylaxis type symptoms, not shock yet, but I didn't still know. But then my doctor was still kind of like, well, there might be an association there. Um, Let's just keep checking you out. So anyway, I was dealing a lot of myalgias that year. Then the third time I almost died, I went into anaphylactic shock, I developed severe pain throughout my entire body. Obviously, it, you know, developed into severe fibromyalgia, It maybe even having a small fiber neuropathy, who knows. But so that's what kind of led me down this chronic pain path as a, as I'm also a headache and pain doc too. (laughs) 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 So it's like... As I'm an integrative headache and pain dog, I'm dealing with, you know, this fibromyalgia wow. pain. <laughs> and and it's it's funny because even with all my knowledge, it was like, how do I get through this? I had so much muscle weakness, fatigue, brain fog, you know, sleep issues. And it was so difficult. And, and so that's kind of what led me to where I am really focusing a lot on chronic pain and fibromyalgia for women, especially just because I feel like a lot more women do get chronic pain and fibromyalgia more so than men. There's a lot of hormonal issues related to it, but, but it's a big passion of mine. And that's why I'm also going back (laughs) to residency, which is incredible, honestly, incredible. (laughs) I didn't go back. I'm so scared. I'm like, oh, what am I doing? I'm going to go back to residency in osteopathic neuromusculoskeletal medicine because it is so important in treating the whole body, the myofascia, the nerves, the joints, the tissues, the muscles, the bones, everything to help both chronic pain and fibromyalgia. And so I, I got to, I got accepted into this program. So I'm super excited, but yeah, it's just strange how this kind of led me to help people with chronic pain. And, and even though there's this medicine side, all the while, the biggest thing that truly healed me, I just, I believe in medicine and I think medicine is wonderful. I think both conventional medicine and integrative medicine and functional medicine, all of it is just incredible. I just think I only got 30 to 40% better with 
that. And the biggest thing that truly helped me was the spiritual side, that intuitive side, really connecting with my spirit, my higher self, connecting with God and, and, you know, with my faith, Jesus Christ and, and working on that spiritual healing. Cause that was the only way that I truly healed, you know, a hundred percent. So yeah. So that's my, that's my story. Which is so incredible. And, and you are healed a hundred percent. So yeah. pain-free. Well, so we're not ever completely pain-free. We're always going to experience pain. And so anytime like I am overly stressed or if I ride in a car and I'm my biomechanics are a little bit off or my posture is bad, I will experience like some shoulder pain or like maybe some thoracic pain, some hip pain, but it's never that type of pain that is just chronic, continuous, constant I mean, excruciating. And so there, pain is a good thing. It's very protective for us. It's a, it's more of a, a message to us, which we'll probably get into, but yeah. So it, it was amazing to me how the spiritual side, even though I'm very scientifically based as a, you know, board certified, well, triple board certified physician, maybe I'll be quadruple board certified after this residency. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but but it it real I just believe in the spiritual. That's the foundation for healing. And I want to throw in there for listeners because we, we often talk about self-care. We could do a whole nother podcast on what is going on at medical school. I mean, yours was different, a little different because I've interviewed so many docs who you know, their autoimmune journey either started or really became unbearable in medical school. And I'm like, I really think we need to revamp medical school. And yours, I know, was was more you know, vaccine inoculation related. But um, I do want to throw out there because we got to talk before I hit record that, you know, we talk all the time about this, like, you know, overachieving, go, 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 not taking care of yourself, running yourself down. So I want to, for the listeners that aren't familiar with you, you know, you listen to your body, you take good care of yourself, you know what you need. And yes, you might be what I would not might be, you are what I would call a high achiever, but you do it in a way that's healthy for you so that you can continue to contribute to your patients and clients. And so I just, I wanted to like add that qualifier because I'm sure listeners are thinking like, wait, (laughs) you know, how on earth? Yeah. Yeah. And for those of you that are are listening and not watching, like, you know, talk about a a vibrant human. (laughs) Thanks so much. Yeah, no, I, I do think there is a, because I am also a pain doc and this is what I do a lot with pediatric patients, you know, as well. And we always talk about, yeah, perfectionism and high achievers and people pleasing. And that's actually been studied that those are the qualities that actually lead to chronic pain. And what's interesting, there are some times when I was telling you, yeah, I'll get little pain episodes here and there. And when I do my meditation and connection to God and I ask for the message, I say, okay, what's this message, this pain? What is it trying to tell me? And what comes up sometimes is like, Anna, you're trying to impress these people. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, let's let's like forgive myself, let's reel back and let's readjust here. And so we just have to tune in. It's just all about tuning in and listening to that message. 
which I love because, you know, we talk about, you know, pain is a symptom, it's information, it's your body trying to tell you something. And I, I was going to ask you to circle back and go there. So it's not just, you know, riding in the car or, you know, it, it's not necessarily a physical thing. It can be a physical expression of, hey, you're off path here, which is, it is such a, an amazing gift when you are tuned into that level. Right. Oh, yeah. Just listening to your body. And and like you said, tapping into your spirituality to to say, like, oh, figure it out. Like, okay, oh, what what does this mean? What's my body telling me? What's off? Yeah. And just like what you said about I was just kind of getting off the path. Well, just recently, I really I was getting the message that I needed to leave this you know, major academic medical center I was working at. I was director. I was kind of at the top of my, you know, I was associate professor. I was getting all these awards and, and I, I just, it took me a while to finally listen to that message, but I was having little headaches. You know, I was getting these, this kind of headache pain and I was wondering what was going on there. And I spent a whole week because the headache and I had some depression symptoms too for an entire week. And I was like, really dug deep, connected to God. I meditated with God for oh, for several hours a day. It took me that long. And I finally, literally at the end of that week, I finally got that message. And it was like, I had to leave. And I was like, oh, I don't want to leave. I'm getting paid well. I'm <laughs> I'm doing so well. No. And then, of course, you know, this is my path now. And I'm going back. And here I am. I'm going back to residency. So this is apparently what I'm supposed to be doing. <laughs> and your symptoms once you made the decision to leave what happened so it just re- it just releases yeah it just releases and i um, just got goosebumps <laughs> yeah yeah and it's so it, amazing it's beautiful because just like we were talking about before we started the recording is a lot of times when you're diagnosed with a chronic illness or a chronic pain disorder, it's like, hey, you're going to accept which is good you you accept it yes we accept the problem for sure but we don't have to live with it forever. Right. You you can truly heal yourself. There are the tools that I learned, you know, you don't necessarily have to learn the tools that I learned. There are so many different tools to heal from chronic pain or from chronic autoimmune disease. But I I healed. I don't have to take my steroids, you know? So I I don't have to have excruciating pain and muscle weakness every single day. And but I do have to tune in to what I feel is very healing for me is that spiritual connection to my Holy Spirit, to God, and to allow those messages to be understood and to be learned so that I can take that lesson and move on from the pain. So amazing and so beautiful. I have 800 questions I want to ask you, but... I am really excited to bring listeners another piece of the conversation because I I just, it's just people need to learn. So you are on the Inspired Living with Autoimmunity podcast, and we are talking about fibromyalgia. I want you to connect those dots for us because I feel like this is new news for a lot of people. Yeah. So, so many people know about fibromyalgia. I'm going to get really kind of like sciencey here, but so fibromyalgia, I, it's a diagnosis, it's a disease process, but much like other diseases that really are just kind of vague and you can't see them like 
migraines or ADHD, there is underlying pathophysiology, immunology, endocrinology going on in the body that is thrown off. And so then we start experiencing, especially women, women get this a lot more than men, as we said, it's a lot of hormone balances, hormone differences. And our brain is a little bit different too. Our nervous system works a little bit differently, but we get this widespread muscle pain, joint pain, stiffness. We get fatigue. We get this cognitive, you know, dysfunction kind of brain fog type symptoms. It's a lot of emotional kind of dysregulation, some anxiety, some depression, a lot of sleep. We don't sleep as well as other people. We get GI issues like irritable bowel syndrome, headaches, migraines, et cetera. And 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 so what they found more recently, everyone was like, okay, fibromyalgia, there's no inflammation, which is not true. There is inflammation. There is nervous system inflammation and there is immune system inflammation going on. And so recently a study done, I think it was by, it was a, in the UK, it's in the Journal of Clinical Investigation and they took antibodies from people with fibromyalgia and put them into mice that didn't have you know, any pain symptoms or fibromyalgia and the mice got fibromyalgia. And so they found that those antibodies, they took those antibodies from people who had fibromyalgia. They're like, oh, so this must be an autoimmune disease because we just haven't identified. No, we haven't. There is 50% of fibromyalgia typically you could have a small fiber neuropathy and, or there could be neuropathy going on for most of all people who have fibromyalgia. And that actually could be caused by an autoimmune disease. So some people hanging around with just the diagnosis of fibromyalgia and not neuropathy, 50% of them are going without the di- that diagnosis. And so that's like that body's destruction of small nerve fibers that produce pain or different temperature sensation. For us with fibromyalgia, we have a decreased cold threshold. So we don't like cold on our bodies. That's why a lot of us do better with warmth. But there's more. So that that's not just it with the immune system. There's There's a whole lot more. And so one of the other things that happens is and this is also probably in the last few years, been more recently studied, there's neurogenic inflammation, meaning inflammation in the nervous system. They're in the dorsal root ganglia. And that is those spinal nerves that come out of our spinal cord on our back in between our vertebra. There's these dorsal root ganglia that actually are producing a lot of inflammatory substances along those nerve pathways that actually from the central go to the central nervous system to our brain and to our spinal cord and also go into our periphery, all in our skin, our muscles, our tissues, even our organs. And so even though I say inflammation, our, the fibromyalgia is not well treated with the anti-inflammatories like ibuprofen or naproxen. So it doesn't typically help the pain, but there still is inflammation going on. And But it's more in a place where those meds can't typically reach. And so like our the spinal cord, the brain also has many different inflammatory substances being produced more so than a healthy individual. And that is most often it's interleukin-8. And that is, you know, a really inflammatory cytokine that is caused by our nerve immune cells called the glial cells. And those are involved in the dorsal root ganglia, the spinal cord, the brain. And so it is kind of involving a lot of mast cells, monocytes, neutrophils, all these different inflammatory factors. So it's like this big soup, inflammatory soup in fibromyalgia 
fibromyalgia that is not treated with normal anti-inflammatories. And that's not just it. There's also a lot of oxidative stress, Ooh. which comes from reactive oxygen species and, and perhaps a little mitochondrial dysfunction as well that can re- result in the progression of fibromyalgia. So th- that's a lot of what the immune system dysregulation and that autoimmunity is. So there's no like main body particularly in fibromyalgia that we're really testing. So it's hard to treat as an autoimmune disease. However, we still have to take care of that inflammation and regulate the immune system to our normal state. But there, but that's not just it. This is part <laughs> of <laughs> that's just part of fibromyalgia is the immune system. The other aspects are our nervous system and our endocrine system. And so we've got all these neurotransmitters involved that we may not have enough of and that we may have too much of in fibromyalgia. And a lot of us have heard about serotonin and norepinephrine. Well, us with fibromyalgia, we don't have as much serotonin and norepinephrine, which are those feel-good chemicals, but they are also, they actually inhibit pain. Those are the neurotransmitters in our spinal cord that actually activate the descending pain pathways that stop the pain. So you've got two pain pathways, one that makes you feel the pain that's ascending toward your spinal cord and brain, and the one that's descending that stops the pain. And that's where serotonin and norepinephrine are real big in and can stop that. That pain. So that's why we give a lot of SNRIs or serotonin and norepinephrine reuptake inhibitors to give you a little bit more of that serotonin and norepinephrine hanging around in your spinal cord to activate those descending inhibitory pain pathways. And then there's also some other inflammatory neuropeptides like glutamate and substance P that are involved. And so sometimes people do like a low glutamine or low glutamate diet to help decrease some of that excitatory, painful neurotransmitter. In brain scans of people with fibromyalgia, our pain pathways are way overactive. Our reptilian brain, that limbic system, that's like that fight or flight the emotional, you know, fear type pathway that's like super active in people with fibromyalgia versus like healthy people. And then people with fibromyalgia also have a endocrine disruption where our cortisol that's helps us with energy, provides us with resilience against stress, keeps us from having shock when we get sick. Well, we have a blunt in that cortisol curve. So we don't have as good of a cortisol response to stress. So our endocrine hypothalamic pituitary adrenal access is dysregulated and thrown off. And, and not only that, but also we don't have as much growth hormone secretion at night. And so that also affects multiple factors in our body in terms of regeneration. So it's it's just multiple factors going on in fibromyalgia that really is just often, you know, being treated either, which is not necessarily right either, but opioids, duloxetine or venlafaxine like SNRIs, SSRIs, it's all, you know, great, but we're still not treating the still treating a symptom or a piece of the pathway. Right. Yes. Wow. I feel like, okay, I'm done. (laughs) I learned so much. (laughs) Listeners, you are welcome. (laughs) You can play that back. But it makes it uh, what I'm so excited about 
is when I was diagnosed with fibromyalgia, oh gosh, I don't know, 15 years ago was again, and I had said this before we recorded, I felt like it was like, oh, you have pain. We don't, you know, you have pain that doesn't fall under your rheumatoid arthritis pain. And so I feel like back then, any, especially woman who had fibromyalgia symptoms, either was made to feel like they're crazy mm-hmm. or it's all yeah. in their head, you know, or it was like, we don't, we don't know, you know, we're just going to stick fibro on you. And beyond the, the SNRIs, the SSRIs, that, that was all they did Yeah, back then. If then, actually, it was probably before they were, you you know, it may have been five five years later. Yeah. So I'm like, well, wow, there's so much more to the puzzle. Yes. Uh, You know, and again, all of those disruptions and and dysregulations that you just shared, like, they're not the the cause, right? No. So the we cause. talk about functional medicine being root cause medicine or, you know, it's going after each of those pieces separately. It isn't actually going to heal you. Yeah, true. It's and, and that's where you have to listen to the patient's story. And and oftentimes our story, thank God I had a great you know medical team for mine. I got so lucky probably because I prayed so much. <laughs> but it, you really have to listen to each patient's story and understand where that pain is coming from. Take a look at the diet, the nutrition, their environment, t- any toxic relationships, tra- trauma and, and PTSD, just like we talked about previously, is a huge part. The emotions, actually, there is some where emotions can create some autoimmunity in and of itself. And also, we already know it is the emotional pathways are along the same anatomical pathways as pain. Can you please say that one more time? So the emotional pathways, so our emotions, those pathways are along the same anatomical pathways as the pain. So they are really combined. You can't separate emotions and pain. You just can't. So pain can cause emotional pain. Emotional pain can cause pain. And that's why there are a lot of actually really good studies on pain reprocessing therapy or other types of more positive intention, hypnosis, creative visualization to where we can modulate our pain and treat our own pain through the power of our mind, our heart, our spirit. And and there's actually evidence to that in emotional modulation or what they call supraspinal self-regulation of our pain. And that's where those mind body therapies come in. And so I use, I mean, I, I use a lot of self-hypnosis. I use a lot of medical intuition to help my own pain and also the women that I coach. But in traditional medicine, we do a lot more like cognitive behavioral therapy and then clinical hypnosis. So it's a little bit different in terms of which, you know, kind of medical system you're in. Wow. Um, and this, I told you, I, I literally do think I physically jumped up and down <laughs> when, when we talked about, you know, that we're going to, to talk about this. I, I want to back all the way up though, and ask, I'm going to throw you under the bus here, but I'm pretty sure you can handle it. <clears throat> we talk about spirituality and for you and your journey, 
that's, you know, faith, God, Jesus. What if somebody who's listening is not particularly religious? Can they still, you know, I I, want to just touch on you know, I went because I I can't remember if you said it here. I know you used the word universal when we were talking earlier. I to me, there's always a workaround, and so, but I, I want to just share that with listeners. For you know, it's okay. <laughs> you know, yeah. you know what? What is somebody who says, "Well, you know, I, I don't know because I'm not religious, so I guess I can't heal." No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. So it's interesting. Well, okay. So my background is a little interesting. So my my dad is actually Muslim and my mom is atheist. And I am somehow, you know, believe in God and Jesus Christ only be, probably because I see them. I don't know how, but anyway, hopefully that's not a hallucination. But <laughs> but for I, we, in my coaching programs, I also work with people of all different kinds of faith and or people who aren't religious at all and and even people who are agnostic or atheist. And what's interesting is that in my intuitive healing sessions that I usually do, that's like kind of the meat of my coaching program is the intuitive healing sessions because the truth is you can be healed. And however, it's typically using a higher power and whatever that is to you, your higher self a universe source an energy that's just you can't quite call it a name then that is your connection and that's your healing source as long as it feels good to you it feels healthy it feels right it feels divine it feels sacred then that is perfect oh, and and it. and that's how you use it and it's really that higher power when you connect to that higher power it's something greater than you because that power is so limitless. And we're just like, we're in this like limited field. And so in order to access that healing energy and that healing power, we do have to truly ask to be healed through that intuitive healing connection. And, and it's, and then we're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe we just did that. Like, I can't believe I can heal myself just through the power of belief, through the power of visualization. And studies have shown this. And we talked about this a little bit earlier, but, you know, Dr. Bruce Lipton, who talked about the biology of belief and how just by believing and thinking that we're healed actually changes our cells and our tissues and the receptors on our bodies and the communication that goes on with all those neurotransmitters and hormones and immune system that we can actually positively change our body for the better. And much like all the other mind-body therapies like hypnosis, et cetera, guided imagery, you name it, does the same thing as long as we truly intently believe that we can heal. And so it's not the power of positive, well, it is the power of positive thinking, but it, it, it's not wishful thinking. That right. was the, what I, you know, it's not, but when you get to that, that place where you can shift the beliefs, the belief system, it changes the biology. Yeah, there's a way to do it. It's there's actually several ways to do it because you still want to believe, but you have to really believe and change your limiting beliefs to a thing that you can believe in. And so it's these subtle changes that you can get to that really gets to this next big belief. So it's pretty fun. I had, I actually had a coach help me with that. It's like, they did neuro-linguistic programming is how I kind of changed my beliefs. So yeah. And do you practice NLP? 
I do. I learned from them. So what's her name? She wrote a book. Oh, it's not Martha Beck. It's Byron no, but Katie. I like her. <laughs> I do. Mar- I like Martha. And she does similar. Byron Katie. Do you know Byron Katie? I do not. Oh, yeah. So anyway, she wrote a lot of healing books. And so, you know, we're kind of took her methods and use that to access our limiting beliefs, become aware of our limiting beliefs, like I am not worthy. And then switch it to be like, is that true? Well, no, because, oh my gosh, I've done all these, you know, amazing things in my life. And so then what is true then? Well, yeah, I mean, I am good at learning. I am good at making friends. I am nice. I'm kind. I mean, and so you start getting some evidence to where you can actually start believing the positive. I love that. That's amazing. And I know you mentioned also the power of visualization. Yes. The the visualization piece is really key. So this is where hypnosis comes in. And hypnosis is really about using your imagination with a goal or intention in mind. And so you'll see a lot of athletes use this in the Olympics, for example, and they'll like play out their gymnastic, you know, event and then actually win the event because they believed it, they visualized it in their head and they've I've already you know, won perform- this race. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and they performed it perfectly. And so actually that's what we use. I actually do a ton of hypnosis actually in conventional medicine clinics and it is amazing. And the evidence is amazing for chronic pain, actually. And so we actually have a whole pain foundation for kids with chronic pain. It's actually at Stanford Medical Center that we actually teach quite a bit of hypnosis using our visualization with a goal, like say, if we want to release headache pain, we just go into a safe space in our mind, could be the beach, the mountains, an imaginary place look at what that fiery head pain looks like. It could be red, fiery, maybe black, sticky substance. Have this a power, this powerful healing hands, grab it, take it out of your head, put it into this treasure chest, bury it deep in the ocean, you know, chuck it across the universe, blow it up. And somehow that visualization using the power of our imagination actually changes the pain pathways. It's so incredible. Uh, and I know all of this and I still, it's so incredible. <laughs> I know. It's, it's and so I, amazing. It's amazing. And, and I didn't know a lot of, you know, adults do it, but I didn't know kids would do it and kids love it. They're probably better at it. They're better adults. at it. They're so much better at it. They're better at it because of the imagination. They can daydream. Yeah. Yeah. It hasn't been, you know, yeah. totally taken away from them. Yeah. Right. Buried. Yeah. So yeah. that is, that's amazing. Wow. Incredible. Incredible. So, and what, and these are things people can learn to do themselves so Mm -hmm. they can use the tools because as we talked about, like you said, you know, I'm never, none of us are ever completely pain-free, right? Like whether we've had a chronic pain condition or not, it's just part of, and I always say, you know what, we're, I'm, we're, constantly changing, healing, growing, shifting, you know? And so I I just think it's incredible to, to, once you get those tools, like you were saying, like you check in, right. And, and sometimes I'm sure it's a quicker hit. Sometimes it takes hours and hours and hours. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. um, And it just depends. 
It is. It's a skill to learn, but you can learn it. It's not like something you have to go like it, the, the great thing about this, especially with chronic pain or fibromyalgia. The, th- the thing about chronic pain and fibromyalgia is that you can so easily do it just with the power of your mind or your heart, your spirit, whatever you want to call it, because there are so many great studies out there showing that just a lot of the some of the techniques and therapies that we talked about, whether it be hypnosis, whether it be just, you know, believing and positive thinking, you know, reprogramming your limiting beliefs, making sure you're not catastrophizing and you're really, you know, intently visualizing a beautiful day without any pain. You can move your muscles, you can exercise without any problems, you have a lot of energy. Then somehow every day you just get a little bit more of that and a little bit more of that. And and it's so amazing how we have that. And it goes, we don't talk a lot about it in the conventional medical system. <laughs> I was saying earlier, you know, that all the, the things that I used to think were so woo-woo are so science-based and true and real. And and this is why we're having these conversations, right? To To change. I don't know that it'll be in my lifetime, but I really look forward to the day when that, when medicine really is all encompassed. I I, I think it will be. And, and I have hope for it as long as industry is not as involved in money-making, then I think we have a chance. So we'll see which wins. (laughs) Yes. Well, and look at you. I mean, going back and, and going, you know, Back to residency again. (laughs) And so I I express gratitude off air. I'll I'll say it again. I'm grateful for, you know, my goal is always to bring, get the word out to people, but also, you know, that, that you're practicing, that you're, you're there changing the system. So thank you for that. Yeah, we'll see. I hope to keep going. Thank you so much. I love being on the show today, Julie. It's so amazing. So what is one step that listeners can take starting today to start to improve their health? So this is a morning ritual that I usually start with in my programs for women with chronic pain or fibromyalgia. And the very first thing when you wake up in the morning, because intent, that biology of belief that's setting yourself up for the day is actually going to create that reality. That energy that you have is going to create that reality. And that energy is your thought process and that belief process. And so whenever you wake up in the morning, it, just how that would look like to you, it just takes, it'll probably just be two minutes in your energy. You don't get tired after you've, you're just happy calls to that reality in your day. And I don't know, you know, it's crazy how it works, but it works. Give us the one thing again. It, it paused oh, like shoot. four times. Oh, oh like, bummer. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'll yeah. Just so start I start with the one thing again. Sorry. Okay. Okay. Start with the one oh. thing. Okay. All right. So the one thing is my favorite morning ritual is starting off with your ideal visualization of the day because setting up your intention sets up your energy and that reality for the day because your how you 
are thinking, how you are believing, how you are visualizing is going to call that energy to you for that day. And it's actually a consistent habit because the more you do it, experience an amazing energetic typically do it it on your pain you could just imagine you are experiencing size without any exacerbations of a pain flare you are able to have enough energy to make your own meals nutritious meals you don't have that afternoon slump you're after you know you eat lunch you don't have to rely on a whole bunch of caffeine throughout the day you're happy you're joyful and so it's just that actual visualization, just thinking, imagination, believing that's going to happen for you, that somehow it actually does. I love that. That's yeah. that's so, because I know how powerful it is. One of my absolute favorite sayings is where attention goes, energy flows. And, and this that's is, it. this sets you up for that. It, it really does. And if, if you're listening to this conversation and this is all new, I understand you're thinking, no way. Yes way. And it's it doesn't, there's no special ability required. We all have the this ability. So do the one thing. Start with your morning visualization. And and I'm gonna add from who I work with and what I do, if you don't have fibro. And, you know, you're lucky enough with your autoimmunity to not have, I mean, honestly, even the healthiest people should be doing this because this is how we, this is how we manifest. It's, it's why, you know, manifestation works. And so I I say there's nobody that won't benefit from adding this to your morning practice. Yeah, I agree. Gosh. Thank you so much. (laughs) For people that are listening on the go and aren't going to check out the show notes, which will have all your links, where's the best place for them to find you? The best place is my website right now, and it's healthispower.com. And that's P-O-W-H-E-R because I do a lot with women. It's just because women are often, you know, this are often underrepresented in the health care field. So, so yeah, so health is power.com. We also, you can just find the podcast on there. You can contact me there. There's my programs there. So I'm always happy to chat. Have to check out her podcast. And again, the links will be in there too, but health is power. It's awesome. Julie's going to be on. So you got to listen to that. Can't wait. (laughs) Can't wait. And I thank you so, so much. You shared amazing gold with us today. Seriously, if, if listeners just start doing that morning practice, they're going to experience shifts. It's going to be incredible. So I'm telling you guys, please do it. (laughs) Yeah. Thanks, Julie. Thanks everyone for having me. For everyone listening, remember you can get the show notes and transcripts by visiting inspiredliving.show. I've had a great time and enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. I'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Julie Michelson's Inspired Living with Autoimmunity. Did you enjoy this episode? Please like, share, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. If you'd like to get a transcript of this and every other episode, just head on over to inspiredliving.show or click on the link in this episode's description. 
There, you can also find everything we discussed in this episode, including links and information about our guest. You can even send in your questions to be answered by Julie in a future episode. That's inspiredliving.show. Until next time, this is Julie Michelson's Inspired Living with Autoimmunity podcast, helping you take your power back.